Today, I would like to introduce you to five people from very different walks in life. The first person gave me the theme name for today's sermon, Life Together. I have borrowed the name from a book of the same title written by Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer was a Lutheran pastor and a theologian and was martyred at the hands of the Gestapo when he was 39 years old. Bonhoeffer was a prolific writer and his ideas have continued to live through many of his books. Life Together is one such book. It is an inspiring account of a unique fellowship in an underground seminary during the Nazi years in Germany. Life Together gives practical advice on how life together in Christ can be sustained by families and groups. The book has been described as bread for all who are hungry for the real life of Christian fellowship. The book talks about simple things like singing together, living together, reading and worshipping together. As I was growing up, my family didn't attend church regularly. So the idea of Christian community was very foreign to me when I started to attend church at the age of 16. What appealed to me most about attending church was the community atmosphere and spirit. It wasn't long before all my social activities were an extension of worshipping on Sunday. The people I prayed and sung with on a Sunday were the same people I partied with on a Friday and Saturday night. I embraced this newfound lifestyle and flourished. As a new Christian and new to the scriptures, it was how I imagined Jesus intended us to live. To be in community was the very essence of the Christian faith. What a church community does week by week is the heart of God's plan for the world. The church and who we are as the church is what life is all about. Sadly, not everyone believes the Christian life involves going to church. Let me introduce you to Samuel. Samuel is 68 years of age. Samuel is always seen wearing his much-loved and worn dusty R.M. Williams. He runs his family cattle farm. His family comes to church. His son is a pastor and his wife is actively involved in the woman's craft group and other social activities of the church. But Samuel never goes to church. He had accepted Christ as his personal saviour back when he was a kid. And if he knew one thing about the Bible, it was that you don't have to go to church to be saved. Other people could go so they could earn a better reward in heaven, but he was satisfied. He wasn't looking for stars in his crown. He didn't want a big mansion in heaven. He just wanted to get there. And since he had that, had that taken care of, he didn't think he would bother with church. Samuel finally came to church for his funeral. Six strong men carried him through the front doors. Let me introduce you to Betty. Betty didn't come to church because she loved her TV preacher. She was fed on a steady diet of his Bible teaching. Over the years, she had contributed thousands of dollars to his TV ministry. 
and Betty had once been an active member of a church until she discovered her TV preacher and told a friend she would probably go back to church if the service was not at the same time as a Sunday morning broadcast. Betty knew all about her TV preacher, knew all about his family, and knew all about his trips to the Holy Land and the Bible study cruises. But her TV preacher did not know her. He did not know when Betty was sick, did not visit her when she was in hospital, or rejoice with her when she became a grandmother. Let me introduce you to John. John loved fishing even more than he loved his jeep. He worked five days a week in the steelworks. When the weekends came, he felt he had the right to fish. John believed God is everywhere and he could worship God by the water just as well as others could on a pew in their Sunday best. Samuel, Betty and John were not totally devoid of faith, but coming to church and being actively involved in the life of the church was not high on their priority list. How much more enriched would their faith be if they fully participated? Church is not just about the hour of worship on a Sunday. It is about living together. It is about sharing all aspects of our lives together under the graceful care of God. Now let me introduce you to James. He is a brother of Jesus, possibly the oldest, and is a leader of the Jerusalem Council. At first, James did not believe in Jesus and even challenged him and misunderstood his mission. Later, James became very prominent in the church. As a leader of the Jerusalem church, James wrote as pastor to instruct and encourage his dispersed people in the face of their difficulties. James was a practical man and his letter to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations has a consistent focus on the practical actions of a life of faith. James encourages God's people to act like God's people. The book of James is filled with commands to pursue a life of holiness. For James, a faith that does not produce real life change is a faith that is worthless. I believe what James is giving us in this passage is a very practical way of how to live together in a typical church. It's about praying, singing praises, sickness, sin and confession. Is any among you sick? James asks. Then he responds. Let them call for the elders. This does not mean the prayers of the minister or elder are more powerful or righteous than anyone else's. It is about reaching out to those we live with and asking them to care for us. We include them on the prayer roster and uphold them in prayer. We cook a meal, lend a helping hand. We share with them in their illness, their hurts and their pains. It is this sense of community that Christianity is all about. It is this sense of community that living together as church is all about. James asks, are you cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. 
Let's celebrate the happy moments together, the milestones in life. Church newsletters are full of happy anecdotes or snippets of people's lives. It's not about boasting. It's about rejoicing when another rejoices. James says, confess your offences to one another. This is not about the church keeping a tally of your wrongs. It's about taking responsibility for your actions and saying, Sorry, I wronged you and my actions caused you harm. James is addressing our everyday needs in this passage. James pictures a community that prays together when someone is suffering. James pictures a community that rejoices together in songs of praise. James pictures a community that pauses in prayer when someone becomes sick. James pictures a community that forgives when someone sins. James pictures a church, a community of faith that live life together in all its beauty and ugliness. I mentioned earlier my first experience of church community was when I was 16. I met the man I would go on to marry at that church and at one of the many social events held at the church. The church community rejoiced and sung praises when we got engaged and rallied around us in so many practical ways to show us how to live as a married couple. They also cried with us when we experienced tough times. What I recall most from these early days of life together in a church community was the importance of being there for one another and how important this was not just for my own spiritual health but for the spiritual health of the church. I know we can't gather together and socialise in the same way at present due to this never-ending lockdown. But that does not stop us from still experiencing life together. We can and do still pray for one another, rejoice with one another and confess our sins. We can and do still enjoy life together. Life together is a mixture of people from all walks of life coming together to share in the life that God has given them through Christ. Take any one of these people apart from the community of faith and their life would be much less. The biggest blessing of church is it is life lived in community. The theologian Robert McAfee Brown has said, I believe that we are placed here to be companions. What a wonderful word that comes from campanus, which means with bread. We are here to share bread with one another so that everyone has enough. We are here to live life together. I invite you now to read aloud with me the following words. They are based on Psalm 124 and James 5. If it had not been God who was on our side, 
the troubles of our world would have swallowed us whole. If it had not been God who was on our side, the sorrows of our times would have swept us away. Are any among us suffering? Come and pray. Are any among us cheerful? Come, sing songs of praise. Are any among us sick? Come and ask for healing. Our help is in our God, the one who made heaven and earth. Call upon God, creator and rescuer. God is on our side. Amen.